Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 73. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I am host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. Uh, we're brought to you this week by escrowmybits.com. If you've never heard of them before, then you probably aren't listening to our show. So <laughs> change that. Uh, it's fast, it's super easy, and it only takes three steps. All you got to do is register and deposit your Bitcoin. The seller ships the item. Buyer will check the goods and then releases the funds. And they also offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. So no matter where you are in the world, hopefully you're not in Turkey right now. Uh, they take Damn, euros. Too yeah. soon. Uh, yeah. But they got you covered, though. No problem. Um, <laughs> escrow Bits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around. It's our favorite. We love it. And, um, you know, their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible. So... Uh, we don't want there to be any more excuses, so go to that website, escrowmybits.com, sign up for that newsletter, and um, get familiar with the escrow process. Escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. Also, uh, a great way to donate to the podcast. Can is I do this go, one? Can I do go it? For it? Go for it. Go for it. Sweet, sweet. All right. So we have an affiliation program with purse.io. With, what that means is you as a consumer can go shop. Just like you shop on Amazon, but shop on purse. All the same products and then some. And when you go make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase goes to us. It's like a kickback. It's like if you like the show and you're going to be shopping on purse, you might as well give us just a little bit of money too. It's like a donation without you having to physically donate. We just get a little bit shaved off the top. So it's awesome. If you're signed up with purse already, unsign up and sign up with our affiliation program. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to be doing some shopping and you like us, quit your current account, start a new one, and use our affiliation. Absolutely. We will appreciate the hell out of you. Yes, it will be awesome. TheBitcoinPodcast.com. You'll see it on our sidebars. There's like a purse.io banner. It says save 15%. Click on that. What can you buy on purse, Dave? Anything you can buy on Amazon, you can buy on purse. So everything in the world... Everything in the fucking world. Right, Buy cool. everything in the fucking world with purse. Everything in the fucking world. For 15% off. Or wait, no, no. Get Maybe. your shit with purse. Get your <laughs> shit with purse. Yep. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a 15, I think it's 5 to 15% off instantly or something like that. And then they also have the choose your discount. Uh, but enough advertising for purse.io, even though that is who the guest is today. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign up for our affiliation program. Help us out so we can make so we can help continue to help you out by bringing you that Bitcoin goodness and blockchain goodness. So, anyways, I got also, some bad news. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Real, real bad news. That, if you have a problem with our with um, the show and you leave a comment about your problem with the show, Marcello will personally insult you. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And further your problem with our show. <laughs> I'm just, you know. 
I'm trying. I'm trying not to be like the angry co-host, but and I try to ignore trolls. But sometimes they you got mama bear on that dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he said we like like me and him were doing something. We're not doing. He's not doing anything. He's not a part of this. He yeah. doesn't have a show. All right, go and, ahead. Joe. And I don't remember any part where I said, "Hey, welcome to a credible source for Bitcoin news." We never say that shit. If you're listening, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that are interested in Bitcoin and try our hardest to present this information in a way that is digestible and as accurately as possible. Yeah, if along the lines you were listening to the show and thought we were like a credible source, I'm sorry. That's not. Yeah, it's not. I think I'm pretty credible. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go out of your way to say we're not credible, but we never have said like, "Hey, use our shit in like a presentation." Uh, for your dissertation. No. Like, take what we tell you and do further research. Ooh, do, do your own due diligence. Yeah, man. We're just giving you guys exposure. So anyways, bottom line is, fuck that guy. Let's move on. Let's go. <laughs> Chill out. You're saying something. Go ahead. Yeah, I got some bad news, man. Pop Chest is shutting down. What? Is there a follow-up to that? I hope there's a follow-up to that. Yeah, give us some more. Um, he is moving from LA to Silicon Valley to get some additional resources so he can pursue the idea of, uh, Bitcoin micropayments with the video that he was talking about when he was on here. And that accelerator that he'll be attending should give the overall company a boost. So it's just temporary, but he's shutting down the old site's dead. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to do something so fresh and so new and, also try and get the traction that you need like people that are living well and making money on youtube aren't it's what did i say Chella? one time we were hanging out if somebody's already quasi successful in one system they're not just gonna be you know elated and over the moon to jump to another no nope. you know if it That's ain't true. if it ain't broken you know, if it ain't broken, you once told me like at one of the jobs you worked, you talked to your boss about Bitcoin and he was like, that's some dumb shit just because he's already successful in the fiat system. So why would he want to risk, you know, anything he's already doing? I mean, there but, has to be some massive incentive to yeah. stop what you're doing and give up the success that you currently have in hopes for more success. So there needs to be like almost a guarantee of at least achieving the same amount of success and then being able to go further or the like barrier to entrance has to be incredibly low. Yeah. I think the problem with pop chest is there weren't enough success stories. There weren't enough people saying, Hey, I use pop chest and the same revenue I could make in YouTube in three months. I made in three days, you know, it's just hard to get people like what's her name? Jenny marbles. Who's making a living off of acting retarded as hell on YouTube, get her to come to pop chest. And then on top of that, get her fans to start paying microtransactions and like 25 cents a video and stuff like that. It's, it's just hard to do. I think, I don't know. Maybe he needs to like work with the yours network, Ryan X Charles and and Mackie, what they're doing and find a way to implement what he's trying to do within their framework. Cause it's all about getting the people like these are great platforms for content, but it's not worthwhile or no one cares if one mm-hmm. of them, if there's no content or if there is content, there's nobody looking at it. Yeah. No one's seeing the success of the use cases. And until people start seeing more broad success of the use cases, 
then nobody's going to understand that they're there. Like yours network stands the chance to just usurp even Facebook, maybe if people are actually making a bona fide living from their social media, you know, presence. Reddit. But if nobody sees somebody being successful from making a living off of their social media presence, then it's going to be hard to get traction, you know, but nevertheless, I think, well, that's, that's the kind of the, the issue with most startups and new technologies, especially in the Bitcoin space is not only is it, it, it it's in the, you know, the baby fresh Bitcoin space, it's also a startup. I mean, 90, not more than 90% of startups fail anyway, even in traditional technology. Mm-hmm. So not like you're up against a lot of ropes, but you have a lot of potential. Uh, and it's interesting to see. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. I'm, it's kind of fun to watch who's growing, who's going to end up growing. Like I think Coinbase will stick, will be around for a very long time because of the, the foothold that they've established. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard to know who else is always, is also going to be on that, on that level. I think Circle's going to be huge. I think it's, they're positioning themselves well to like, they're hiding all the Bitcoin engines and, and transmissions and differentials running their operation and showing it as, Hey, you can just use money easy as hell. Like it's supposed to be no banks, no anything. Just do whatever you want with your money. They're doing a good job of selling that product. Well, and, there you go. Then it's the user, it's the user experience that they're giving somebody. They're like, it's, it's removing itself from the geeky technology that Bitcoin is and allowing people to do new shit in like an easy way. Mm-hmm. Well, which is it? Is it user experience or is it like Dimitri said, and they need like a Jenna marbles. If we're staying in the realm of micro payments, what did pop chest need to get better? Is it, it needed better? a Jenna? Mar- it ne- you need to, see- people need to see tangible success. For instance, uh, my own brother, he didn't understand Bitcoin until I told him that I could buy shit with it. And once I bought shit with it and showed him, hey, I bought this with Bitcoin, he was like, wait, so it's not just internet money? Like, it has value? And I'm like, yes, I bought this Real with Bitcoin. Value. Like, they need to see something tangible. They need to feel something tangible. So at least if they could see Jenna Marbles or somebody making money on Pop Chest, then that gives other people reasons to take that risk and say, hey, maybe I can get my followers to pay me just a little bit. Maybe I could tell them my story with YouTube. Hey, YouTube is taking uh, 60% of my revenue. I'm switching to Pop Chest. And if you want to help me out, it's not going to cost that much to you. Blah, 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 blah. You, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's you, There has to be some sort of tangible evidence that it is a successful way to go. So. And to answer your, your like to answer your question, Cello, it's, it's the UX for people like Jenner Marbles. Like it's giving them a really, really low int- like uh, barrier to entrance so that they can move to these platforms and then grow on those platforms. Like, yeah, it's just not- like, you know, it, it's like, um, you know, if we're sitting around a board meeting and they're like, well, how do we get people to drink Dr. Pepper? And the guy is like, well, we need Shania Twain to drink it. I mean, does that really work? Obviously, there's still celebrity endorsement. Does that? Let me tell you why it does work. I'm currently driving a Kia because supposedly LeBron James drives a Kia, and it makes me feel okay and, with myself. 
And James Franco. Every, and James everyone. Franco drives <laughs> Kias. So I feel really awesome with my Optima when I'm rolling down the street. Everybody mm. says, is that a Kia? And I'm like, yeah, LeBron James drives a Kia too. And then I speed off. And that's how the conversation goes. <laughs> well, there yeah, you go. celebrity endorsements work. But I mean, it, it's also like these. a lot of these, we were talking about yours and Pop Chest and stuff like that. It's providing a new and better method for content providers. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you need people who create content, which ultimately is celebrities. Pretty much. They get derivatives People of their content. People are watching celebrities. That's why when I, I'll watch anything Mark Wahlberg does. If he goes to Pop Chest, I'm watching it. Yeah. I don't care. Pretty, pretty much, man. Bitcoin needs some I'm big names. It. And, and so that's what you need in order for your platform to grow. You need some type of that. You, some, some big celebrity so that you're like, well, hey, everybody, we're moving over to this platform. If you want to keep listening to me, come on over. Also, when you're over there, you can you can feed me money and you won't be watching advertisements. So, congrats. Yeah. There's well, one show right now who's kind of putting Bitcoin on the pop culture map, and that's Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Seen but the thing is, is that I'd rather people come to Bitcoin because they kind of think it's awesome and want to give it a shot than what Mr. Robot is projecting is like the current system is failing so bad. Might as well try something else. Well, like <laughs> we might have a choice. It depends on how the world works. Yeah. If, if if your government is failing, you'd rather put your value into something that isn't attached to your government or any government. Yeah. I'm not one that subscribes to doomsday scenarios. Um, you might want to get on that train. Get on the doomsday train? <laughs> doomsday According train. to what's been going on? Jeez, like man. World's, it's world's on fire. Yeah, yeah, it is. The world is on fire. And Trump isn't helping. I see a fire. I pour gasoline on it. China. And then it becomes huge. (laughs) I think the majority of Americans can see a cashless society in their lifetime, regardless of all the turmoil going on or not. Definitely. I I read an article that said like 69% of Americans don't see themselves using debit cards in five to ten years. Just their phone? Yeah, just use your phone. I mean, I use. I was just in Vegas, and I used, I used Apple Pay a lot. I'm sorry to say, I did. I used my Shift card a lot too, as well. So that that was awesome. Um, but it's easy. It's just if I could get my Shift card into my iPhone, then I would never pull out my wallet. Probably, I'd only pull my pull out my wallet. Traffic stops. That's, That's happening it. soon. Uh, let's let's move over to the interview. Yeah, let's, 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 so let's segue into that. Purse.io. If you haven't heard of it now and you've been in Bitcoin for at least the last three years, then you're not really in Bitcoin. You're just a biatch. No, I'm kidding. That's false. That was way too abrasive. Way too abrasive. Uh, kidding. Purse.io retailer. Bitcoin retailer. Um, they allow you to get discounts on your goods. You shop at Amazon like you're shopping at Amazon. Then you sprinkle a little bit of Purse.io on it. And you can get up to like 40% off on the things that you buy. So, and it seems like magic and it almost seems too good to be true. But Andrew Lee, the CEO, stopped by to help us. Actually, just Corey, because you solo doloed that, didn't you, Corey? Yeah, I really enjoyed this interview. Yeah, me too. It was so, yeah, I'm advertising this interview right now, if you're listening, as the interview you show your friends, you tell your friends about. Because he does a great job of 
illustrating why Bitcoin is important, how it can help your business, how it helps their business, how they're able to do the things they do because of Bitcoin. So forget all that. Uh, it, it shows someone who's skeptical how they can save a bunch of money by using Bitcoin. Yeah. Like uh, I think it was in the last episode I was talking about with the Andreas episode. My pops now is like he's in the market to get a fridge. He's going to buy his fridge through purse.io just because he knows he could save 30 to 40%. He's like, why wouldn't I do that? That's, that's stupid. You know, it's stupid to not do that. And that's what we'd like for purse.io. And nevertheless, uh, here is Andrew Lee. Here it is. Let's get, let's start from the top. I'm a new user. I want to get started with purse. How easy yeah. it, can you explain it to me? Yeah, so the easiest way that you can use Purse um, is through a product that we call Instant. And Instant is basically, um, it's probably the easiest shopping experience um, in Bitcoin. Um, and so base, uh, you, you know, we, when you log into the site, you'll see a bunch of curated items, you know, suggested products that you might be interested in. Um, or you can just use the search bar. Um, you know, say you want an iPad or coffee filters or anything. Select the item you want, add it to cart, and check out. Um, and you know what's kind of different. You know, I mean, if, if your audience has used the Bitcoin checkout process, like through, um, in, through uh, in, on other retailers before, um, the part that's maybe a little unique about Purse is that um, every account has a wallet. Um, so that you can essentially just deduct from that balance if you want. So, you know, for example, um, say you have a monthly, you know, online shopping budget of, uh, one, five, one Bitcoin or six, 600 bucks or what have you. You can just deposit a Bitcoin in there and every single time you shop on purse, it's super easy. I mean, you just click, um, and we, you know, we even have a one click, sh- uh, one click uh, shopping experience where we just ship to the address that you have on file um, and there's no QR codes there's no copying and pasting there's no waiting for confirmations you just click a button and you're done um, so uh, the, you know, the reason people use that is that it's uh, across the board um, 5% cheaper um, than anything on Amazon so we, we have everything Amazon has and more um, and it, it's we, you know, what we call is 5% cheaper than the lowest listed fiat price um, and, 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 you know, I think the incentive is, is really what um, distinguishes Purse um, from a lot of uh, online shopping kind of applications for Bitcoin. You know, that's something that's incredibly important, I think, especially for uh, the community right now and kind of where we are and as, as, a, as, as a development phase is that there needs to be more use cases. There's not, it's, Bitcoin is not a buy and hold currency. That's not a currency. And what Purse provides is almost unlimited availability to shop for whatever you want. Because everything is on Amazon, you can pretty much buy whatever you want cheaper than buying it on Amazon. And that's that's one of the largest things that we need in order to make Bitcoin more of a currency and less than a speculation machine. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, what you guys have in the intro of every episode... um, where you, where you guys say something like uh, adoption is everything. Yeah. Um, completely spot on. Um, you, you, Bitcoin has a lot of functionality, a lot of things that, you know, people haven't yet even imagined yet. Uh, I mean, it's very early days, but a lot of those use cases and a lot of these um, different ideas that people have, whether it's smart contracts or, um, 
or, or you name it, 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 it's, it only works when we get to um, a certain size um, as, as a network, right? So users have with Bitcoin transacting with Bitcoin and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, and, and the more people, more use cases there are, more people use them. Um, the more people use it, use it, the stronger the network gets, and uh, uh, you know, really opens up the doors to other use cases that weren't possible with a smaller network. And people don't, I don't think, quite understand that a lot of the innovative new ways of using Bitcoin won't come until you have a certain um, threshold of users. Like emergent properties of Bitcoin can't be emergent if you don't have enough people actually using the currency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's actually take a step back. Um, I'm I'm now a new user that's uh, I understand how Purse works and I, I'm a new user who has Bitcoin. We'll talk about maybe people who don't have Bitcoin getting in later. But um, why should I trust your company? Who are you? Like what 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 is your background and um, where do you come from? Yeah, so um, I, you know, I, I, I actually a lot like you. Um, I was uh, my background was in chemical engineering um, in undergrad. Yeah. Um, I was uh, working as a chemical engineer, um, LG, um, and, uh, and, you know, I mean, I was going basically what, you know, the corporate career kind of track, and I was doing very well there. Um, but my friend um, had a pay, you know, was working at this payments company, and, uh, you know, we talk, and he would tell me all, uh, all about his industry, and basically, you know, he, he, he worked at a merchant processor. So, you know, it, it, very similar to what you'd see, like, first data or, or Stripe or, or, or companies like that. And, you know, we were bouncing up their ideas, some of the challenges with, um, you know, small and medium-sized businesses accepting credit cards. So we decided to start a company. Um, and it was a payments company. Um, I quit my job at LG, um, so, you, you know, fo- focused full time on um, uh, uh, and getting to learn the ins and outs of payments. And um, you know, the business did really well. Um, we were, you know, working in Atlanta. Um, you know, we got up to like twenty five people. Um, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, I started to kind of see that um, you know, there's a lot more competition um, in, in that field. You know, there's you know, there's maybe hundreds of merchant processors um, just in the U.S. right now. Um, and, 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 uh, and, you know, I, I would just, it didn't feel like what we were doing was innovative anymore. Um, so uh, we, sold the, we sold our portfolio um, to a larger merchant processor. Um, and, uh, you know, I took, I, took a, uh, I took some time off to kind of think about, you know, what to do next. Um, and after that, I was offered a position at Merrill Lynch to um, cover emerging payments, and, uh, and the reason that the reason that I found that kind of position attractive was I wanted to get a broader sense of where payments, especially online payments, um, was headed. Um, so it was a great opportunity. I was there for just two years, um, but you know I got to meet with uh, you know people working on Google Wallet. Um, Apple Pay, um, which was just you know a, a project at the time, it wasn't live then, um, and uh, you know a lot of the more kind of emerging payment solutions, um, and, and 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 you know the kind of learning lesson there for me was um, that there, even with like being in Silicon Valley, and even with you know these companies with uh, you know that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars, the um, payment solutions that they were actually working on. To me, it didn't look that innovative either. I mean, there were all basically, at, at the, you, know, you can reduce it to call them all 
UX implementations on the same payment rails that everybody else uses, whether it's ACH or the card networks. I mean, these things don't change. Um, and uh, in the back of my mind, I kind of knew about Bitcoin, right? I bought my first Bitcoin in like 2012 or something like that. And, uh, and, and, uh, and to me, there was nothing... I mean, it wasn't even close, like in terms of like, you know, you know how, how, how different Bitcoin was. Um, and a lot of the inefficiencies in the payments world today are actually in the fundamental rails. So, um, you know, I, I tend to think, you know, people make comparisons with Bitcoin to like PayPal and, and Venmo and things like that. And I think those analogies are incorrect. Um, Bitcoin is more like, um, you know, it's, it's the infrastructure. Um, the better comparison is ACH or, um, you know, the card networks, right? So, um, those are very ancient systems. Um, they're very, uh, you know, they train, you know, trillions of dollars every year flow through those systems. But, um, but, 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 I mean, they haven't really changed that much in the last, let's say, like 15, 20 years. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the technology behind the core infrastructure of our traditional like transaction networks is very old. And I think making the comparison to Bitcoin is why most of the financial institutions are so excited because it's such a drastic difference and it allows for so much um, generalization of transaction or, or transaction of value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fundamental change. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't rely on any of the old systems. Um, and and you know, there's, there's a ton of things we can do with Bitcoin. Um, that uh, that aren't available on traditional payment systems, um, but you know we're really just scratching the surface. So um, so yeah, so I was you know I was really interested in Bitcoin. I wanted to get into the space uh, you know somehow. Um, and what what I found missing um, in the ecosystem um, were use cases, use cases that proved to provide better value um, than than existing solutions, um, and use cases that got you know, regular people, mainstream people um, on board. And, and, and so, uh, you know, my co-founder Ken and I, we, we, we started this company with this kind of vision of providing the first, I mean, providing consumer incentives um, for people with Bitcoin to, to transact using Bitcoin. And, um, you know, two years later, where we are today, um, we've transacted, you know, close to $10 million, um, and which means people with Bitcoin saved... Um, close to $2 million by using Bitcoin compared to shopping on Amazon. Um, it, it's been, you know, a crazy ride, but, um, you know, we're really proud of what we've built. Um, we, and, uh, you know, long-term, we, we think Bitcoin is a safer, um, more efficient payment rail for marketplace transactions. And, uh, and, and, you know, we look forward to, you know, introducing lots more products um, that get people excited. You know, on top of that, I mean, it's not... I we 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 I personally love purse. I don't get to use it very much because shopping on Amazon isn't a, something I can do while I live in Brazil. But I have big plans. Essentially, that's all I used when I live in and I lived in America, and that's all I plan to use when I get back. So there's no reason why I wouldn't use purse if I'm already using Amazon. But what a lot of people don't quite, I guess, maybe initially understand is that you can also earn money using purse, not just through making purchases. Can you explain that a little sure. bit? Yeah, yeah. So there's two other aspects um, besides shopping that you can do on purse. Um, so, so, so uh, the first one is on the every um, uh, on the other hand or uh, on the other side of every Amazon transaction is actually an earner. Um, and what these people are doing um, are they're taking Amazon gift cards 
and converting it to Bitcoin. Um, and and so um, many people don't know this, but uh, there's there's a community, there's an entire industry of people um, that are essentially paid in Amazon gift cards. Um, and in, in Mechanical Turk, um, which is this uh, artificial artificial intelligence um, platform that um, Amazon started, you know, a couple decades ago, um, it, it, it's a it's a it's a platform where people with um, you know that have kind of a t- extra time can do digital tasks um, in exchange for money. And uh, and so you know Amazon had this problem way well before Bitcoin. You know how do you how do you pay a contractor you know three dollars um, that that you know, when they live in India, right? So um, you know what's a good way to do that? And, and they came up with a brilliant solution. Let's just issue them Amazon credit to their Amazon account. It doesn't cost them anything. They can just you know, you know, uh, invent this currency, issue this currency, just out of thin air. Um, and, and and so you know, after a couple decades of this, a lot of the stuff, has, uh, a lot of Amazon gift cards have accumulated in places where they're less liquid. Um, and so, purse, uh, you know, is a great way for them to convert um, their earnings um, into Bitcoin, and then use those Bitcoins to convert into local currencies, or hold on to, to hold value, or move against other places. I mean, it's it's a it's a really great way to make something that you can't spend everywhere into something where you can spend everywhere. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And, and and I mean, you know, we've we've looked looked at the data there, and um, I mean, most most of the time they're going into exchanges. But you know, we've definitely talked to users as Bitcoin becomes more reputable as a store of value, and and volatility decreases. Or, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, we we definitely expect more and more users to end up holding Bitcoin um, at, for their savings as well. And so, I would imagine that the I guess percentage of savings that a a purchaser can can get is almost a function of the liquidation, the, the availability of liquidation for people holding Amazon uh, credit. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so the discount is uh, the consumer discount um, from the shopper um, translates to a premium that people pay to li- liquidate gift cards and. Um, and so the other aspect, you know, so we, so I, I, I described instant, which is the far easier user experience. But the, but we have um, a, a very popular product also that's called Name Your Discount. And Name Your Discount plus um, the Earn um, flow that we've just been talking about is really like a free market for products in Amazon gift cards, right? Um, that that market didn't exist before um, before purse, um, where you could just you know turn Amazon gift card balances into you know more liquid currency. Um, and you know we didn't set the rates; we just kind of let the market d- discover um, what that um, average savings was. So on name your discount, the average saving is about twenty percent for consumers, um, which translates to you know twenty to twenty five percent premium for for gift card liquidators. And you know you, you know we don't do anything to influence those numbers; that's just what um, what the market kind of determines. So it's really cool. So. Now, I'm a user that understands quite a bit about your platform, but I've heard some news. Uh, last, I think it was last year, Purse was the target. Uh, Purse users were actually the target of hackers. And, uh, since then, what have you done? Like, how did that affect your 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 platform? And what have you done to maybe ramp up security for that? Yeah, so um, you know, it's one of the um, costs of being in this industry, right? Um, of course, you know, being being a target for hackers. Um, 
the the attack uh, the, there the the compromise there was actually at our email servers um so it wasn't it, it wasn't even our servers or anything like that but um you know the, the hackers figured out a way to reset users passwords and and, and get into through, through this uh the e- email token and um yeah, it, it, you know, we, we take things like this very seriously. Um, you know, all in all, it was just a couple of Bitcoin. Uh, it's probably one of the smallest hacks uh, in Bitcoin history. People love um, that word, though. They latch onto it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and but you know, we we took full responsibility for that. Um, we reimbursed all of our users, um, you know, out of our own pockets, um, and we um, definitely you know, we 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 secured that. Um, we, you know, we made some. Yeah, I can't go into like all the. I don't want to get into all the details of <laughs> of, of the changes that we made. But um, but we, you know, you know that that vulnerability is definitely been seen. And then the other, I guess, the other issue that we were somewhat curious about. I'm not sure how much sense this may make, but so we've discussed every transaction has two sides, and um, I want people who use the like the both sides to feel safe in doing so and like, not have to worry about. Um, the other side being maybe fraudulent. So, can a Persio, can it, someone using Persio um, turn a stolen credit card number into bitcoins without exposing their identity? If people on the Amazon side don't quite fully understand Bitcoin, will a fraud department ever get involved in, in an issue where if I'm buying something and returning it? Yeah. So, so a couple things there. Um, so, every transaction on Pers is escrowed. Um, and that provides you know, a, l- a level of security that's um, unmatched in any traditional marketplace, right? So if you don't get your goods, you know, uh, then then your your funds are never uh, you know at risk. You um, know escrow. <laughs> yep, so yep, we'll, we'll yeah. sponsor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, and so so we escrow every transaction. We are um, you know by far one of the world's largest escrow agents for Bitcoin. Um, just 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 by the sheer volume of transactions that we do on purse. Um, and you know we have uh, very good signals on, on 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 what's going on with an order. Um, and, you know, in terms of the in terms of other uh, you know you know fraud aspects, um, you know w- one one of the best things about our platform is that Amazon has basically state of the art fraud detection. Um, so if you're using a stolen credit card and you want to liquidate that and and, and turn it turn it into um, you know, turn it into cash for, for yourself. Um, Amazon actually isn't the best place for you to try that um, because you know every 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 you know unlike a lot of retailers, um, you need you need a, to create like a login. You need an email address. You need the whole whole nine yards to be able to transact in the, on Amazon. Um, and, uh, and and also. Uh, you know, you're taking kind of a hit to, to you know to turn it into liquidity. So, I mean, it, what what most you know money launderers, credit card launderers, these like this, um, the easier target are all the brick and mortar stores that have um, looser security than Amazon. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so you know, you know that adds kind of this uh, barrier to um, using purse in that fashion. I see. I see. That definitely. I, I think it clears up a lot of the issues that someone may have when initially people are already skeptical when you tell them to start using Bitcoin. And the more questions that you answer for them, the more comfortable they feel with the technology. Especially when they're things like, "Well, it's it, no one's going to do it because it's 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 just too difficult." Or there's so much, so many easier ways with traditional finance to do what you're talking about that they wouldn't go through this many steps to do it. Right. So. 
shifting gears a little bit, uh, your team your team is quite small. Is, is there any is there any plans for expanding, or do you, you like keeping the uh, small focused group for this? Yeah, I mean, we we really uh, I think it's important to stay um, stay nimble. Um, and you know, at this this early on um, in uh, in an industry this this early, um, you know, our team our team size is eight. Um, and you know we, we've that's basically we've doubled since um, maybe five six months ago. Um, so 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 we're, we're growing quickly, but you know we're, we're keeping um, we're, you know we're intentionally keeping the small uh, the team small in the lead and and, and you know make sure that we flesh out product market fit and you, you know uh, and and really build a, a consumer focused customer focused um, company where we excel and deliver you know great value to our users um, and and that's that's really been a priority um, you know in the future uh, we, we have a lot of new exciting things um, lined up um, so so I think in the next uh, couple of months you'll see some huge announcements from us um, and you know as as those uh, as those projects kind of materialize and hit the market um, we will definitely expect to uh, expand the team then. You, you mentioned like one of the, I guess one of your recent very large releases was uh, purse merchants. And that's essentially allowing people who don't necessarily want to sell things on Amazon to also sell through purse. Uh, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So merchants is our, is our, is our newest product. Um, and, and so people are, uh, and, and we've been very um, focused on keeping that curated. So, uh, so what I mean by that is, you know, after about two years of operating Purse, we, we've developed a, a pretty good sense of um, what our customers want, right? Yeah. Um, and, you, and you can probably guess, but, um, you know, Bitcoiners like the latest and greatest consumer electronics. Yes, um, we do. We, <laughs> <laughs> we sold, you know, a ton of drones, for example, um, you know, PS4 games and, and, and things like that. And so... When we when we launched Merchants, we, we we thought about like you know what, what are some things that Bitcoiners would want, and and, and how does Bitcoin really solve, um, uh, distinguish itself from from being able to launch elsewhere? So, so one of the first areas that we've tackled is pre-orders. Um, now, if you think about pre-orders, um, both in Bitcoin and with credit cards, um, it, 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 it it it's riskier than a traditional transaction. Right, um, because uh, you know entrepreneurs, even even like a Tesla pre-order, um, you, you you're really not sure when you're going to get the product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and credit cards um, have this kind of built-in consumer protection. But what people might not know about credit cards is that that consumer protection period, um, the time when you can charge back a credit card, it expires. It expires in ninety days or something. And, and sometimes these these pre-order platforms just last longer right um and so we have about uh so so what we thought was well you know we think pre-orders and this kind of thing is is a really good thing for innovation and um and and uh you know uh we think that i mean pre-orders can add a lot of value right like there are a lot there's definitely a lot of demand from people that want the latest and greatest uh consumer kickstarting boom that's happening Yeah, yeah Yeah, exactly. Kickstarter or Shark Tank, you know, these are all like really good examples of um, there being sufficient demand for products like this. Well, what they're missing is is a really safe and secure way 
to transact that pre-order. So, um, so, so, you know, like about a week after we launched Merchants, we we, we launched Purse Pre, um, and, and Purse Pre has we we have a couple dozen um, merchants signed up already, um, including like the really cool Lily drone or um, the Juno oven and, and things like this. Um, and and uh, you know, we we bet um, we bet the merchants that sell pre-orders on our platform, um, and we think it's a it's a much safer and more secure way. Of, uh, of of transacting um, for pre-orders, so um, so so yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're really excited about merchants because it, it's brand new to us. We're, we're really still kind of like experimenting, but you know, I, I, pre-orders is, is an area where we're we're uh, really excited about. So what what about Amazon? Have you guys had conversations with them about maybe them implementing Bitcoin directly on their site? Do you see that happening? And what what happens if they do? Yeah, so you know, um, Amazon is a pretty you know close-lipped kind of um, company. They don't really really reveal um, too many of their plans, but uh, you know, I, I definitely had conversations with people in their payments team, their affiliates team, um, and and what, what we hear from them is that well, like you know, why why would they take Bitcoin now, right? Um, and they're they're just Amazon serves three hundred million users. Um, and you know, let's say there's one million Bitcoin users. It, it just just the intersection for them is, isn't worth um, pursuing. Um, but I mean, we we learn. I mean, we have you know tremendous respect for what Amazon's built, um, being a you know, customer focused, customer centric company, um, and they have excellent logistics and and all these different things that we kind of uh, we, we directly benefit from. Okay, so let's. Uh, here's something we don't normally do. It, what, what's so Bitcoin is changing rapidly. Uh, the whole cryptocurrency space in general. I mean, it's even hard, almost hard to call it cryptocurrency nowadays because of the use cases going beyond a just general purpose currency. Uh, what what what's something you find interesting right now? What what do you, what do, what would you like to talk about? Yeah, so I think a lot of the things that um, people are experimenting with, like the DAO and smart contracts, um, I, I, I think um, that's 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 super cool. Um, I, I mean, the, you know, in terms of use cases, what I think what the industry's kind of learned is that um, mimicking PayPal or um, just kind of copying over, uh, you know, some of the features that we've seen in traditional finance, um, those things really aren't going to work because Bitcoin's, I mean, the, the incremental value proposition. Um, compared to using Bitcoin versus those other systems, um, it isn't perceived to be great enough, right? So, you, so you, you and I might have, you know, kind of political and other reasons for using Bitcoin, but you know, as, as, a, as let's say, let's just pick on, um, you know, peer-to-peer payments, right? Uh, it, it, it's far easier, and, and it's far easier. There's very little reason for someone using Venmo right now that already has all their friends on Venmo mm-hmm. to, to jump into Bitcoin. Right, um, yeah. and to expose themselves to volatility and all these different things. So, so I mean, you know, our task as entrepreneurs um, in, in this space is to really leverage some of the unique properties of Bitcoin and offer something to consumers that um, are truly unavailable with traditional finance. Um, so, you know, I, I think escrows. Uh, you know, what we're doing with marketplace transactions is 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 one of the 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 examples um, one of the examples that we're really excited about but um, you know kind of on the more bleeding edge I think smart contracts and, and uh, you know some of the things that uh, that they're doing with ethereum um, those 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 are um, super interesting um, 
but yeah, it, it's unclear when a lot of these things will kind of like materialize and, and actually come into use. And I tend to think even if those um, platforms were, you know, fully secure, fully available and completely like w- w- was working that that our network, our, our user base that we have installed right now in Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these different things probably isn't big enough to support many of these use cases. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think the next couple of years will still be, you know, this user acquisition installation phase where we need to really deliver like really basic utility to our users, to, to, to users for, for them to, you know, you know kind of join, um, join cryptocurrency. That's interesting. I, I, I kind of see, I guess, any disruptive technology kind of face, having to face two fronts at the same time. One being most disruptive technologies are only allowed to grow because they're, starting a use case that isn't necessarily available to traditional ways of doing things. And so they're allowed to get really, really, really good at that thing. Let's say, for instance, maybe smart contracts or escrow services. And then you have them being able to emulate or do all of the things that the traditional um, thing that you're disrupting can do as well. So Bitcoin is kind of struggling on both of those ends right now and hasn't quite grown to a, a, a state in which it can do either one. We can we can mimic a lot of the good ways of tr- of tr- transactions, but we can't scale yet. And we're working out the basics of smart contracts or whatever other type of thing that we're disrupting. So it's I guess it's it's we're not quite there yet in terms of uh, mass adoption. It you might say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, one of the things I, I talk about is that um, if Bitcoin had been introduced um, in, let's say, like 1999, um, around the same time as when PayPal emerged, um, I, it would have taken off much faster um, than it is today, right? If it were the only way to pay online or do peer-to-peer transactions or uh, payments um, online, um, we, we would be in a completely different position. Um, but the challenge with Bitcoin is, is when it was introduced, there were um, dozens of peer-to-peer payment systems, right? Like Venmo, Square Cash, even Facebook Cash, and and and, and, and there's dozens in almost every other uh, every region of the world. And so Bitcoin needs to do more, right? It needs to be do more than just um, you know peer-to-peer payments. Um, it needs to do more than just be a payment processor online. Um, and, and it needs to really find, um, you know, product market fit with a larger audience. And, uh, and so, so I, I, I think that's, that's some of the challenges. Um, but more on the optimistic side, um, there, there's a really strong, um, you, you know, adamant user base, um, that, uh, you know, either they're drawn to, um, the technology or, um, uh, you know, uh, some, some of the politics, um, um, around Bitcoin, right? Um, and, and that user base is super resilient. Um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of Bitcoin deaths and, you know, bouncing back. Um, so, so, uh, so I, you know, I'm very optimistic about the future of Bitcoin for those reasons, but, you know, there, there, there are definitely, um, challenges, um, that we're facing. In that sense, I mean, Purse as as a company supports pretty much most cryptocurrencies because of its integration with Shapeshift. But your personal view, um, do you see Bitcoin as being the main dominator in this space and all other cryptocurrencies almost acting as experiments um, that Bitcoin will then later uh, integrate into its own protocol? Or do you see a environment of a lot of different cryptocurrencies being used for whatever they're good at or like how do you how do you see the future of of cryptocurrencies in general 
Yeah, I mean, I tend to subscribe to the um, the idea that you, you you described that Bitcoin will be the main um, dominant cryptocurrency, and um, all other kind of altcoins and, and projects will just be like you know, or, or serve as great like experiments or testing beds. Um, if you ask me this, when we first started um, two years ago, um, you know, Ripple was you know all the hype then, and then shortly after that, Dogecoin and Litecoin and 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 uh, and, uh, and all these different things, and it, it was less clear to me um, whether you know Bitcoin would be the dominant currency um, like two years ago. Um, but uh, you, you know, as um, as I've watched the space and got to kind of you know learn more about the developments that are happening in, in, in Bitcoin, um, I, I tend to think that um, that Bitcoin is 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 going to be the main um, main cryptocurrency. And I could be completely wrong, but I, I mean, right I mean, as of now, I mean, that's my um, that, that that's that's kind of how I see the space today. All right. I've also wondered this question myself. This is something I've been thinking about quite a bit. And I guess maybe about eight, six months ago, if you asked me what the main problem with Bitcoin was or why it wasn't scaling is that it, it wasn't it wasn't being adopted because there weren't enough use cases. Now, I'm not so sure. I struggle with the idea of Bitcoin not having enough use cases because there's not enough developers, proper developers, to create the applications that will make use cases. And I'm not so sure of what the limiting reagent, if you will, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is. Is it people not knowing because there's not enough use cases for them to hop on without caring about the protocol? Or is there not enough smart developers behind creating applications that allow for those types of things? Yeah, I mean, I think people, uh, if, you, if you look at this industry and the entrepreneurs in, in this space, um, I mean, there, there are, there's definitely a lot of activity um, on people working on use cases. Um, but, you know, w whether they find kind of product market fit um, is, is, is a separate question. And, you know, if I were to generalize, um, I, I think um, one of the challenges um, with entrepreneurs in the space is they're either like 25 years into the future or, um, or 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 working on just complete like infrastructural protocol layer kind of low level um, stuff. I see. And they're both very important, but um, there aren't that many you, you know entrepreneurs working on use cases for today, right? Um, so so you know you know one example you know since, I mean you, know, you hear about all kinds of ideas that are being floated around, but like you know one entrepreneur was telling me that you know, they wanted to hedge crop prices for Nigerian farmers, right? Um, using Bitcoin and blockchain, and, and and to me like you know that kind of idea like let's let's first get the farmers with Bitcoin, like you know <laughs> let's get them on Step Bitcoin one. First and try to like hedge their crops with it. Um, and and, uh, and so those kinds of ideas, yeah, there might be a future where, where you know a service like that exists, but um, but I mean it seems to be like kind of too far out. Um, and then and then there's on the other hand there's you know the entrepreneurs really working on the low level protocol things, and and that's super valuable and super important. Um, and and I mean yeah, I I think where we see kind of this void. Are, um, are are entrepreneurs working on solutions that work today now for regular people? Well, that's that's one of the main reasons why something like Purse is so important is that it's giving people the opportunity to use their Bitcoin instead of holding on to it, hoping that it increases in value. No one's going to stop buying things, and when you can tell them that they can at least buy those things for five percent off, 
15% off, possibly 50% off, then it really gives them a incentive to use their Bitcoin instead of hold or hodl or however you want to say it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the way, I mean, I can talk a little bit about like, you know, why, um, about this discount, right? A lot of people ask me, you know, how are you able to, just, is it just, is it the efficiency in Bitcoin? You know, what, what really makes up this? Why, why didn't purse exist with PayPal? Or, you know, why, why wasn't this, um, if it's just a gift card kind of transaction method, oh, well, why, why wasn't this before, right? And, and, and so, like, the, the way I kind of think about this is, like, today, like, so let's suppose you wanted to get a, you know, a TV, um, a, you know, 65-inch Samsung. You knew exactly what TV you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you go about, like, finding the best price? Right. So like, and, and, you know, I'm not talking about like, suppose you don't know about purse. And so the, the two modes that, that we, that, um, that the internet's kind of developed is, is one like Google, you, you can just Google it, right. And mm-hmm. on Google products, will sort by all the retailers. And what, what Google is the Google products, what that product, uh, what that's essentially doing is it's going around the web, scraping, you know, figuring out you know, all the different retailers that have that specific product and showing you um, a list um, sorted by probably you know the lowest price first and, and showing the best available price that somebody's selling, right? Um, the second paradigm is, is, are the marketplaces like eBay, eBay and Amazon where, where they um, were just people basically do the same thing, but instead of you know, developing their own website and, and making that available there, they just um, make it available to Amazon users, right? And so the real question is like, you know, why, like if, if Skynet were shopping for you, and if Skynet wanted a thousand dollars or this specific TV, like how, how would how would they buy it? Like how would it find a better solution than than those two options, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so so what purse like kind of like on a philosophical level, what it really is is it, it it's saying like you know I'm not entirely sure what the best price for this is, but like I want this thousand dollar TV for eight hundred and fifty dollars. Can somebody get that for me for that price? Right, it's just like reverse auction kind of mechanism, and and so what's really worked well um, that works. I mean, what, what we've kind of discovered on purse is that there are people with gift cards who are willing to trade those gift cards and buy that TV for you, um, and uh, and because because they want liquidity. But there, there's probably other ways to do this. Like, what if what if the manufacturer, right? Like, what if you know Samsung doesn't sell TVs directly on their site on their mm-hmm. site? But what if you know what if the manufacturer was able to Give that TV for you for eight fifty and still make a margin. Or what if it, what was that? What if it was an employee of that manufacturer? Right, they get employee discounts. Like, you know, would they be able to do that for you? Or you know, a wholesaler or something. So, but that mechanism really doesn't exist because a reverse auction means that the shopper would have to put up money first. Um, and and for the for the person on the other side, for those funds to be provably there. Um, and, uh, and for them to be able to kind of, uh, you know, take, take these deals, take the other side of those trades. And, and so what, what we're, what purse is like the name your discount, you know, our original business model is this reverse auction that leverages Bitcoin escrows, um, and, and, and proves to the other party that, Hey, you know, this user has these funds completely available. You know, all you have to do is get this, get this item delivered to that user and you get the funds that are locked there. Can you do it? Right. Um, and, and so, so going back to your example, like if you, if you say you want the thousand dollar TV for 500 bucks, well, you know, 
nobody might i mean there's a good chance nobody will take it but you know at, at something at some price um you know that's more reasonable you can actually beat amazon and google on price and um and, and so that that's really kind of the like market view of how purse works um and i think there's there's definitely a lot more interesting things that we can do with the, that same kind of concept you know, I, I think that's probably the most beautiful way to describe what service you're offering to the community and why it's so important. Because what you're doing is your is your it, the, the, the technology allows you to do this. You can provably say that I have this money locked up. I want this particular item for this price. And then, as a back end service, all you have to do is find markets that will want to do that. And mm -hmm. there will always be markets that will want to do that. And you can continue to kind of work and kind of make that more of a reality to change the market in which people can keep demanding prices. It, but the, and for the user, they just keep saying, I want this product for this price. And that's beautifully simple for the user. And it, it allows you to continue to expand as markets evolve and emerge and change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think this, I mean, just fundamentally, just, uh, you know, kind of on a first principles kind of view, um, I, I think it's a, it, it's definitely a better shopping experience, a better, better transaction experience for both sides of that transaction. So, so what eBay does is kind of like, we're, we're kind of like the reverse eBay, right? eBay says, like, hey, I have this TV, how much do you want for it, right? And let's say like n number of people bid on it. And it results the auction or whatever like it results in one winner so basically you have n minus one people that are like completely disappointed by the outcome um and then even the person with the tv they might not have gotten the price that they wanted right like you know maybe it was like lower they didn't get enough bids or whatever so basically you, ha you have like the outcome of a, an, a like a traditional ebay type escrow which is you know one of the very first online commerce applications um is you have like a ton of disappointed users and one user that's you know, kind of happy about what happened. And the seller, who's like kind of unsure whether he's happy or like happy with the price he got or whatever, but he, but he, but he, he um, has a commitment to ship that price anyway. On purse, you have basically two winners, right? You have, you have the guy with the funds that say, hey, I want this TV for $850. And the guy that said, hey, I can do that for you. And it result, there's 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 nobody else. There's no disappointed users. Um, you, 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 it, it, it's it's a better system. Um, and and Bitcoin really, I mean, Bitcoin is the reason why this is possible, right? Like you can't really like uh, you can't escrow um, escrow uh, eight hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, like because it takes the you, trust you, out of that interaction. Right, right, right. Exactly. Which is an interesting paradigm that I've I've seen become more and more prevalent in, in Bitcoin space is that um, you have more trust in these in these systems that are trustless. It's it's kind of almost paradoxical or ironical in the sense that you put all of your trust in these systems that require zero trust because that's the, the, the fundamentally they work better. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think a lot of new users kind of have have a hard time like understanding trustless um, because you know it sounds like well is there a not trust or something but but fundamentally what it means um, for 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 consumers is it's safer it's more efficient and, um, and and on purse it delivers better value. All right. I could I could continue talking about this for for hours, but in, in the interest of our listeners and uh, your time, uh, I have one more question for you. Uh, in ten words or less, can you explain Bitcoin? Ten words or less can I explain Bitcoin? Um, 
Sure, I'll give it. A, I'll, gi I'll give it a stab. Um, Bitcoin is a decentralized virtual currency. That's going to change everything. If I ch if I let use Gunna, then we're that'll work. It's perfectly ten. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> Instead of going to Gunna, made it ten words. Perfectly done. Right on the spot. Awesome. And I definitely agree with you. And uh, thank you for your time. All right. Thank you as well. And we're back with the the, the hosts of uh, Bitcoin Podcast. That was the co-founder Andrew Lee. This is my signature coming back from the interview spiel. Uh, let's get used to it. Uh, Purse is the largest consumer marketplace for Bitcoin. So that was a really cool interview. And um, thank you, Andrew Lee and Stephen Mackey and everyone else at Purse for the hookup. And uh, let's Magic. jump in the – yeah, yeah. Let's jump into some topics. What you got, well, guys? I actually – if I want to just continue on that, I really enjoyed – that conversation and how he explained how it works and why it works was 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 really cool. Like, oh crap, dogs. Yeah, how many people use the service but don't really get how it works? I think that is very important. Ninety yeah, percent of, of people. I had like, it's, this is a model that's incredibly sustainable and it's incredibly. But what I wanted to harp on, um, not harp on, but like elaborate on, was that this is the first time in which the buyer says, I want to buy this item for this price. And the merchants then battle for it. Yeah, it flips it eBay on its head. It doesn't, that doesn't happen. And it allows people to, to have a chance to get something for the price that they wanted at. Mm -hmm. And it makes for Who's willing to make, make that sacrifice. Because there's all kinds of peop people who are willing to, if they need the money more, like, ah, screw it, I'll do it. I'll do it and I'll do it now. Right? Mm -hmm. And... It it be, it gives it switches into a a buyer's market, not a seller's market, which is which is brand new and really important. And it allows you to adapt markets to the buyers. The buyers will always be the same; they'll just want shit. And but you can place as many markets as you want on those people. I don't know. I think it's 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 really interesting and uh, from like philosophical point of view. It definitely was one of my more favorite interviews that we've done recently, just because. It, I think Andrew Lee has a, one of those remarkable talents that's, that's hard to find is that he takes the, the complexity of a system and can really break it down. And those, those tend to be my favorite kind of people that could take a very complex system and break it down into, you know, it's simple moving parts and then take those simple moving parts and describe those in a way that, that makes sense. So purse.io, now you know how it works. So if you listen to this show and you're not using purse.io, um, what the fuck? Go use it, man. You're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyways. I know you are because you're tech savvy, which means you're buying shit on Amazon. So why not get a discount and buy it on purse? It just makes you dumb if you don't. So, yep. And Bitcoin's it's better than cart networks. So use purse. Boom. Skadoosh. There's many, way, many reasons to use purse. So any, nevertheless, um, what else is on the docket? What else has happened or is going to happen that people can get excited about or just generally something you've been into? Corey, what have you been into the past week? I have been looking at our download stats a lot. <laughs> I've been, I do a lot of research for data science and I use that research and apply it to our download statistics. 
we're 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 doing things, man. We're growing like crazy. We're but going exponential in the Bitcoin space. It's uh, I've been following the 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 Dow fork or the Ethereum fork based on the Dow, and then just doing random reading readings arounds for the Bitcoin space. Uh, the, the Ethereum hard fork is that happening? I'm that's going to happen. Reading I, that, I'm, it's I'm pretty happening. sure that's happening. They've they've all settled on a spec. They settled on a. Um, by spec, I mean all the rules of all the different clients that uh, need to that they need to follow so that all of the clients get the same thing right. And by all the clients, I mean the ones written in different programming languages. Uh, so essentially, everything can sync up properly based on the one spec. They've all agreed on the uh, the future block in which it needs to happen, and it's it's really clean. It's really simple, and I hope that. The Ethereum as a community learns from this and the DAO 2.0, whatever we end up going to next or trying next, doesn't fall prey to this, at least the same problem that we had the first time. Mm -hmm. I think what makes consensus seem to be so much easier to get to in the Ethereum community is that they have a person that they can kind of leverage and depend on. Not, I, I know that's outside of the bane of a decentralized system. But I find it kind of cool that Ethereum's founder, Vitalik, is such a, like, awesome person, it seems. Like, I, it's hard to read negative things about this guy. You, you go, you read about him, and everybody has good things to say. You read his earnest intentions on making Ethereum. You read all this, and so I think it's 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 just easier to disseminate consensus as to where Bitcoin is like, Satoshi's just ghosted. And so now it's 100% decentralized to the core to where it's hard to get things done, hard to get consensus built, hard to make upgrades, which is a good thing for a digital currency. It's just frustrating as well for well, a blockchain it's technology. It's running two completely different separate experiments in parallel, right? Yeah. And it's these experiments are how do we govern ourselves? Because we, we, at the end of the day, it's all just a, a group of people trying to use the technology. And if there is no real leader to the technology or like a dictator of the technology, how do you advance the technology with everyone who's trying to use it in a decentralized way? Mm -hmm. uh, Ethereum takes a slightly less decentralized way and has somewhat something akin to like the Linus Torvald of the Linux foundation, a benign dictator that gives a lot of leadership and where he thinks it should go, but doesn't force that upon the people. And so it's, it's people automatically have something to follow. And then the community ultimately, if they don't agree with them, can go against them if they feel that way. But more often than not, his so far, he's shown really good leadership and good ideas and so on and so forth. But with Bitcoin, it's very, it's very different. And it's different than anything that's ever happened in, in history where there is no leader. So you have this technology that needs to be pushed forward and anybody can push it forward mm -hmm. in theory. And but there and so you have to have this kind of community consensus of what the technology is supposed to do. It's not someone creating a tool for everyone to use and then controlling how that tool is created. It's a community comes together and says, we want to do this thing. And then it makes a tool that does it. 
And then it's, then they come together and say, how do we want this thing to evolve in the future? And so they then have to come together, make decisions and discuss how that thing evolves in the future. And that is difficult when you have so many people putting in all of their opinions on what they think this tool is used for. Yeah. And so we don't have an example in history, at least that I'm aware of a good example of like something to follow. We're we're kind of making it up as we go and we've done a really good job of doing that. I agree. I mean, Bitcoin has grown so much and is only going to continue to grow. And I got to say like it, it's weird being where our our main, I guess, the thing on our marquee, if we had a building, is adoption is the only thing that matters. Um, because it is generally hard to get the, the public to buy into these principles. Just because everything is made so easy in the fiat world. Believe me, I just came from Vegas and it's just, Bitcoin does have some hurdles. It's so easy to spend money and live with the current system. But the current system is built on just, I don't know. When there isn't a problem. Popsicle sticks. When there isn't a problem. Yeah. When there's no problem, it's great. When these popsicle sticks start cracking and they need to build it with some stainless steel and concrete, they're going to be fucked. So, I mean, (laughs) but nevertheless, um, damn it. Again, I keep using that as a filler. I need to start using what is nevertheless? it? Nevertheless, that's like my go-to transition filler word. I need to get a different one. I need to get Nate Diaz's. Uh... Oh no! <laughs> Don't emulate anything that man has to say ever. Corey, did it you comes see out the... of his mouth? It's the worst thing in the world. Did you see the interview I was talking about? Yeah, he's a monkey. <laughs> he's a he's he's mentally retarded. But he knows how to fight in the octagon, I guess. Oh, he's a fantastic fighter. He's great. I, his is great. His fighting's great. And he does a lot of great things. He's terrible at speaking on a microphone. It is hilarious. I think he's uh, going to beat McGregor, and they're going to just shovel more money at him. And that's probably the worst thing that you could do for a Diaz brother. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> level of intellect with that much money is just chaos. No, he does good things with the money. He, he has good things that he does. He's not just – he's not a – like – the actions that he takes are not douchebaggery. It's the way that he talks and presents himself to public. Do you think he's going to take his money and open up a private school and the mission of the private school is going to be here at Diaz Academy? We don't give a shit. Like that's going <laughs> to, that's, that's going to be the, the mission statement. Anyways. Um, so shout out to, do we need to give any shout outs this week? Shout out to coin telegraph. Obviously. Um, shout out to Eric, who's a follower on Twitter and fan of the show who donates a little money to us every now and then. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, Eric. Uh, keep listening. We're going to keep bringing you the goods. Shout out to Cointelegraph, of course. Uh, we're going to be giving you guys more insight as to what's going on with that, but thumbs up all around. Uh, should we give individual shout outs to the Cointelegraph team? Like Margarita and. No. Moving on. Um, yeah, so like, I don't know. We should probably just explain that a little bit. Uh, I'm sure you noticed that the Coin Telegraph made a, a blog post about our previous episode with Andres Antonopoulos. Uh, they're going to be continuing to do blog posts around our episodes and, and and maybe further integration with us as time moves on. 
I'm really happy about that. So don't, you know, uh, probably with each episode that we release, there will be a corresponding Corn Telegraph article that explains it and pushes it out. So go read that, give it a like, give it a share, spend some time on their, on their, on their site. They have a lot of good news. That's that's, I'd get a lot of my news from them. I like coin telegraph because they have such a diverse, you know, uh, team of writers. So you can get, you know, entertaining articles. You can get educational articles, informative articles. You can get all of these things at coin telegraph. And, uh, they do these cool ass illustrations that we've liked since day one. So, anyways, also, shout out to David Patton. There are our, our hater in the comments. <laughs> uh, I hope you found your sense of humor because it's apparent you lost it. Yeah, shout out to your sense of humor, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Any, hold on, can I imitate David Patton? Can I do it? Anyone that starts off their amateur podcast with competition with. With profanity is a detriment to the crypto community. Yeah. Was that good? What is competition profanity? I don't know. I mean, were we? Who won? I don't. I don't understand what that is. is he that, didn't. Is a, he should have had a comma. Is it anyone that starts off their amateur podcast? Comma. No wait. With with no amateur podcast with competition. Comma. Profanity is a detriment to the. You don't even know how to write. No, I don't know if that's. I think is competition profanity a thing? Am I competition am I, am profanity I, is not a thing unless it you're in a competitive. I think it needs to be. If it is, we're winning. So yeah, yeah. unless we're in a competitive profanity competition. <laughs> right. Say I don't think we make like, it to the end of the show. Donkey uh, let's, sluts. Let's wrap it up. Anyways, uh, so at the BTC podcast is the Twitter. Uh, Cello runs a Twitter. Also at Mojin Cello. M O J I N C E L L O. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm at Fergalotti. And Corey is at Core Petty. C O R P E T T Y. Um, yeah. You can find us all on Twitter. Tweet the show. Tweet us. You know, it doesn't matter. We're on iTunes. Give us five stars on iTunes. We'd like that. If you want to give us less than five stars, you can just, you can fuck off quite clearly. You can go, you can go somewhere. Don't listen. Don't even listen to the show anymore. Go away. Uh, what is. What else we got doing? The BitcoinPodcast.com, of course, our website. Um, we'd also love it if you subscribe to our newsletter. Um, just because it keeps you up to date on the things that we do. And we try to keep you guys up to date on things that Bitcoin and blockchain technology does. So sign up for our newsletter. Um, am I missing anything? Hashtag Thamos is bitch made. Hashtag Thamos is bitch made. Uh... Yeah, hashtag banned by Thamos. Um, anyways, um, I'm thinking we can call it on this one, guys. What do you think? Oh, hey, uh, uh, D has a new job in Dallas, so Dallas Bitcoiners reach out to D because that's where he's going to be at. Absolutely. It's not in Dallas. I'll be in Dallas for a couple weeks. I'll be in Dallas for the next two weeks um, working, and then I'm all around the globe. So, but if, if, if you are near Dallas, is like a meetup or something you want me to go to, just, just hit me up on the Twitter and I could possibly make it out there and we could kick back and talk. Um, you know, all things Bitcoiners should be doing, talking about how to make Bitcoin more awesome, blockchain technology more prevalent. Um, yay. So shout out to new jobs. That's it. Yeah. All right. Play.
the outro. Hey, you want to go do some Pokemon going for like a couple hours after the show? No, I deleted the fuck out of that app. What's wrong? <laughs> Why? It's just, I, I don't want to be a part of that fad, man. I like Such a hipster, man. Hipster to the core. If everybody's going right, I'm going left. I like what it's doing. I don't want to be a part of it. I ain't got time for that shit. That shit is fun as fuck. Undeniably fun. Why is it fun? You're just walking around. You yeah. walk around. You're able to do that forever. In an augmented reality where there's Pokemon and there's things and you can fight the Pokemon. There's gems. It's augmented reality, man. You get with it or you or you can't get with it. Let me go to reason that shit. I mean, you can distill anything down to suckiness, but if you just embrace the awesomeness of no, what it is. I can go have fun with it. I'm sure I could. I just don't want to. I don't want to fall into that world. Just like I would probably have fumble World of Warcraft if I got into it, but I don't want to get in that shit.